It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderant back again to break down the Chiefs' final preseason game of 2022. KC comes out victorious over the Green Bay Packers. Not that that really matters. 17 to 10. We're going to break it all down. A few interesting storylines from this game. Before we get to that, Matt Verderant, how are you tonight? It's football's back. I know football's back and the podcast is back in swing when it's like 10 o'clock at night and we're sitting here doing podcasts and I'm a little tired, but uh, jacked up about Chiefs football. I am uh, I am glad the preseason's over, and I'm glad we're getting to real football, and I don't have to watch uh, Crumb play quarterback anymore, and I don't <laughs> see the third-string offensive line of any team. They won. They finished preseason 2-1, and one, for those who care about records in the preseason. Uh, they had some good performances tonight. They had some poor performances tonight, but overall, I don't think anything too troubling as they as a now head for Arizona in a few weeks. It's right around the corner. Of course, there are some – Uh, unfortunate cuts for some guys that's going to have to happen all across the league. We're going to get into all that. Um, Before we do, I just want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Kansas city beer company, our friends at Casey beer co on Twitter. Give them a shout only brewery in Kansas city that focuses on German styles. You guys have been awesome this preseason, by the way, thank you to everybody who has been tagging Casey beer co on Twitter, sending us your pictures of you hanging out, watching chiefs, having a Casey beer, rocking an arrowhead attic podcast, hat like you guys are awesome check out the link in the description for our swag all that stuff but please help us out give out a, a shout to, to kc beer let them know you heard about their beer on our podcast look for their red carton when you're out shopping in kansas and missouri and dare to beer different all right um before we get into all the action of the game we of course uh, you and i matt have not been on the podcast since the passing of the great len dawson um they had a, a great tribute to him tonight with the the, the the huddle that they did with Patrick Mahomes is the only the only thing that Patrick Mahomes is on the field for and and, and what a, what a great reason to get him out there in a game where you didn't really want to see him actually take a snap just wanted to get some thoughts from you I know you talked earlier on the on the channel about Len but get some thoughts for the podcast audience from you about about the great Len Dawson and uh, and about that tribute tonight so look he is the most influential and important figure in their history outside of Lamar Hunt. I don't think there's even an argument about that. Came to the team when they were the Dallas Texans in 1962, won an AFL title, won another one in 1966 in Kansas City for Super Bowl one. They, of course, lost to Green Bay. They win the last one, 1969. They go to the Super Bowl. They're two touchdown underdogs. They, they win. They, they crush Minnesota 23-7. He's the MVP of the game. I think, you know, you could go on and on about his accolades, many of them, Pro Bowls, All Pros, Hall of Fame quarterback. But I think really when, when you talk about Len Dawson, a lot of – people that knew him that were around him would tell you how good of a person he was, how philanthropic he was, how embedded in the community he was. I think that is the measure of, of any man, more so than what they did in their professional life. It was what they did away from the limelight. So for Dawson, he leaves behind a tremendous legacy. You know, I, I really feel like the Chiefs, and I know they've named the press box after him, or the, excuse me, the radio booth after him. And they honored him, and they will continue to honor him this year with the, six, the 16 decal on the back of the helmet. I really think that Chiefs should put a statue out front of the stadium. You know, they, they should do something that, that has permanence to it. Because Dawson was permanent in Kansas City, and I, I would venture a guess will be for, for all time. Boy, wouldn't it be cool to have a, a, a statue of that choir huddle, that famous, famous shot 
of that of all the, a lot of great players in that photo um and of course len leading them yeah you know as as a couple of younger guys obviously we didn't get to watch len play live and in person we didn't get to be a part of that era of Chiefs football in the way that some of our listeners were able to but just being a Chiefs fan you knew about len dawson whether it was from hearing him call games him always being an ambassador of Kansas City Chiefs football around the team. You heard Clark Hunt talk about it tonight on the broadcast about how Len, he's from Ohio, like me, fellow fellow son of Ohio, how he stayed in the community. And I think that's one of the reasons we love Patrick Mahomes so much. There's a lot of reasons to love Patrick Mahomes, but he's embedded himself in the Kansas City community. He's all in. And when they interviewed him tonight on the sideline and he talked about Len Dawson, you heard Patrick Mahomes talk about the history of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't think that we should just all take it for granted that guys on the team know all about the history of the Chiefs and those types of things. It's a job, all that stuff. Patrick Mahomes knows his stuff. He knows his Chiefs football's history. He knows what Len Dawson means to this community. I thought it was Really nice what Patrick had to say about Len tonight and just demonstrate what kind of guy he is as well. I totally agree. I thought the same thing when he was talking. And, you know, I think with him, not to make this about Mahomes because it's about Len Dawson, but I think he shows an attention to detail, even stuff like that, that shows you why he's as great as he is at what he does. Like, he knew Len Dawson was a broadcaster. I mean, like now you could say, well, yeah, of course. But, like he, you know, Len Dawson wasn't calling games nationally. He's calling him in Kansas City. Well, Patrick Mahomes grew up in White House, Texas. He grew up a Chiefs fan. You know, like how many guys on the on the Chiefs right now, when they got drafted, thought they were going to go play games in Kansas? You right. know what I mean? Like, yep. and that's not knocking those guys, but like most people, I've heard a ton of like players who have now played, you know, who play for the Washington Commanders who thought they were going to the Pacific Northwest when they got drafted, right? Like they didn't yeah. didn't know. So the my point is to know that stuff off the top of your head. You have to be invested. You have to. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sure it was on Twitter. I don't know if anybody noticed it. His headband when he was talking, it wasn't his headband. They had one specially made that said Dawson, Len Dawson, and it was a 16, not a 15. Like, that's, that's just cool. little stuff. Like, it's yeah. not, like, he wasn't playing. wasn't for camera time. Like, it's, it's just thoughtful. And by the way, it should be noted, Travis Kelsey, who also didn't play a snap tonight, was also in that choir huddle on the first play. Like, yeah. It meant enough to him to be there. I, I think... And I want to get more into little details that I noticed tonight, but I think stuff like that, like it does really matter. And especially when you're talking about the death of someone and the death of the death of someone who's so important to so many people. I thought the Chiefs, both as an organization and the players, handled it with a lot of class. Yeah, great, great job to everybody at the Chiefs. I know there are people behind the scenes that aren't going to get any credit for all of this. And right. you know, again, and it's not about anybody getting credit, it's about Len, but it you see organizations mess stuff like this up all the time. Um, and the Chiefs just did a great job. So hats off to everybody who was involved in that. Of course, our condolences to Len's family, uh, everybody yeah. who knew Len, cared about Len, loved Len. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 it's never easy to lose someone. So uh, our best to all of them. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the game. Uh, I wanted to, to give a, a shout out to uh, a few of you in, in the chat to our guy Gonzo been a member for five months of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. We appreciate you so much, Gonzo. Uh, you're awesome. He says, rest in peace, Lenny, number 16, a couple of heart emojis. Um, and, and thank you to, to our guy, Ralph, the ace um, for the super chat. Uh, it says, feels like cut down day every year will be extra tough in certain areas. Uh, appreciate you both. Keep up the good work guys. We appreciate you, Ralph. Thank, thank you man. for the support. It's, it's really awesome. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, we're going to get to, to the cut downs, but let's talk a little bit about the game first. You know, not a ton of playing time for the, for the main players in this one, as is to be expected in the last preseason game. But some people got some, some run out there. Isaiah Pacheco was out there for, for quite a while. Judy Fortin, guys we yeah. know are going to yep. probably make the team. What were some of the things that stood out to you, Verderam? I thought Pacheco had a nice outing out there on a few runs, really kind of showed what he can do, showed why the Chiefs like him so much. I agree with Pacheco. Uh, I thought he looked like the best back in the team with some of the runs he made. I give Ronald Jones credit. Don't know if he's going to make the final cut, but he played well tonight. The first time he really got an extended run, played well. Shane Bouchelle, I thought, played pretty well. Didn't hurt himself. I thought he bounced back. I didn't think he played particularly well against Washington. He played well tonight. Uh, obviously got a lot of action. It's going to be interesting if the Chiefs try to keep him. Because if, if, you know, for those who are unaware, to get on a practice squad, you've got to be able to pass essentially through the waiver wire, which is if, if any team claims him, they've got to keep him on the active roster. But you know, you wonder with Michelle, like, could he make an active roster? He might. He very well might. You watch a lot of the action around the league. Let me tell you something. There are plenty of guys he's better than. Let me ask you something. Yeah, I tweeted about this. You you have to pick a quarterback, and you've got one choice, and your choices are Jordan Love and Shane Bouchelle. Who are you going with? You know, it's funny. Like, it's close. It's really like it's legitimately close, and that is not saying a lot for Jordan Love. I, you know, I would, I guess because of the pedigree, I'd go with Love, but, like, I couldn't argue with you if you were like, yeah, Bouchelle. Jordan Love is is not good. Uh, I I don't think I'm breaking news with that, but he... (laughs) He is. Not, they are very lucky that Aaron Rodgers stayed around. Look, I would, I would say this though: of the guys who stood out, that, that I think are going to be factors. Pacheco played well. I thought against Saunders had he had the one run where they got the entire team got blown off the field, and, and Green Bay ran in from I think twenty four yards. Saunders got hooked on the play and got beat bad, but I thought mostly played well. Cook had a pick, looked good, was active tonight. Uh, I thought Jalen Watson had another really strong game, another really good game in coverage. On the flip side, I mean Joshua Williams had a rough night. Like you, you just cannot take the penalties. I know the face mask was incidental. I understand that. Then you drop a pick. Like that that drive, he he cost him twice. I mean, that drive should have been stopped. It ends up in seven points. Then he runs into the kicker. Very easily could have been roughing the kicker. It was the right call. He didn't hit his plant leg, but it, it, you know, he, he ran into him. Those are things that like in the regular season, you're going out of your mind about. You cannot yeah. do that type of stuff. So I thought, you know, Carl Loftus in, in a small amount of action was good again. Their first team defense. The only concern I have is McDuffie and just what you know what's going on with him with the concussion protocol. But other than that, their first team defense has been lights out. I know the Packers did not play many guys tonight. I, I get that, but overall, really, the only guy really was like, ah, you got you got to be better, man. Was, was Joshua Williams? So I thought it was okay in coverage, but just made some some mistakes. Yeah, he had a couple of things, but. I, you know, I, some of these felt a little bit like, hey, man, these some things that happened to a rookie. These are one of the reasons why Andy likes to play some of these guys in these games where people say, well, there's injury risk and it doesn't matter. And it's like, well, maybe he would you rather have him do this in week one, make a mistake on special teams? Because if they want him to play and I will say, like, on one hand, the special teams play boneheaded play. You can't do that on the other 
Great jump off the ball. I thought he was going to block it there for a second. Just yep. needs to make a small adjustment. Maybe he does block it, but has to be more careful. So you, I like I like to see that. I don't like to see the mistake. Same thing with the interception. Got his uh, oh the dropped interception. Got his head around right. You know, um, and and made it was going to be a, a difficult pick. So you know, I I, I see. I guess a, you want to call it a silver lining with him. You could see his athleticism on display. You could. I, I I thought physically it was fine. Like he held. It wasn't like he was getting torched. I just thought he yeah. made some some big mistake. Like those are mistakes you cannot make in a regular season game. And I know he's a rookie, but like, bro, I don't care if you're a rookie. You're playing. Like, can't make that mistake. I thought overall, like they ran the ball a lot better. Yeah, you know, they did a nice job. They had the old man texting me as he points out special teams were really good. Thing that he was he's right on about that. They had some really nice yeah. returns throughout, and they covered great. One thing I will say about the Chiefs, you pretty much know every year they're going to be number one on special teams, in, in coverage especially. that like, Every year, they're going to cover kicks, they're going to cover punts, they're going to do pretty well in the return game, you know they're going to kick their field goals. You know, that kind of stuff gets lost because it's not offense and defense. How many games over the years have they won because they're so much better than another team on special teams, right? And their field position's 20 yards better throughout the course of the game. I thought you know, tonight was, uh, as, as the old man points out, it was a good night for the special teams. They did a nice job. Sky Moore, Pacheco, Corey Coleman, to his credit, I don't think he's making the team, but he had a nice night on returns. So they, they, look, they look good in that regard. We got a, a super chat from Jaden Aller. Uh, KC should keep six IMP on the 53 and is 12 getting cut. Yeah, Gordon's getting cut, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Gordon's getting cut. I think really, look, you know, I know we're going to get into the roster. The big question for me is are they keeping four tight ends or four running backs? I mean, that that's the question at this point. You know, with Bell going and having surgery on the hip, surely going to start on IR for the year. Like, are you start? You know, you know they're carrying Fortson Gray and Kelsey. Like that, that's again, that's happening. Okay, you yeah. know what the running backs are carrying: McKinnon, Ceh, and and Pacheco. Are they going to carry Gore? or Are they going to carry a fourth tight end? Well, Gore. Gore's on IR, right? I'm, I'm sorry, not Gore. Jones, 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 Ronald Jones. Yeah, yeah, Ronald Jones. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's the question. What was your what, – what, how, how did you feel about Bushman tonight? I know a couple splash plays. He did what he was supposed to do, but, like, guys. He's wide open. He's wide. I could have ran that one into the end zone uh, if I was that wide open. Um, not, not taking anything away from the guy. That He was a guy that – he's apparently a guy that they like, um, and he got some run there today. Had, had an, I don't know, it was an injury there at the end of the game, but – um, right. Maybe a practice squad candidate. Maybe. You know, didn't hurt himself. That's for sure. You wonder if Jones, after all this, where we've all been like, he's not making the team, he's not making the team. Well, now, like, Bushman got hurt at the end of the game. <laughs> Bell is going to be on IR. Gore broke his thumb. You start looking at it and going, maybe Raw Jones is going to make the team. <laughs> maybe he's going to be the yeah. fourth running back. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I feel he like he ran hard. He did. Oh, listen, he played well tonight. So whatever you want about him, and I'll be the first one to throw my hand up and say, look, I'm not a huge fan of the acquisition. Wasn't at the time. Still, still I'm not. But he did run hard. He did play well tonight. You do wonder if he's on the team based on just some of the injuries that have happened throughout the course of the last couple of weeks. And then you start looking at, like I said, you look at that roster. I just, I don't think there's that many questions. I really don't. Like, I, I don't think, I think Boodle, to be quite honest, has been atrocious most of the preseason, but I think he's making the team. I mean, he's consistently been out there. With with the second unit, so I've got to think he's making it. I mean, does does, Lamin, does Lamins make it? Maybe. You know, that's a question. Would they would they maybe keep him over Boodle? But the, yeah, I have like maybe two or three spots in my head that I'm like, yeah, it's kind of up for grabs. Other than that, I think it's pretty much it. Yeah, Boodle was out there playing on special teams. Um, did get a sack. Looked good on the sack. Showed his athleticism a little bit. Um, made a play on special teams, but yeah, has has struggled at times in coverage. 
what do you think about, again, probably not going to turn. I know we talked about this like last wide receiver spot and there are some guys that like, they, they clearly like Darius Fountain. He's on a, a, yep. a decent place in the depth chart. He's playing special teams. He always seems to make some plays in, in preseason. He didn't get a lot uh, of action this preseason, but he, he made some plays tonight. Is he a guy that sneaks on there? Coleman is a returner. Is he a guy that sneaks on there and surprises us? No. You don't think either these guys are gone? We're, we're talking about Coleman and, and Fountain? Coleman and Fountain, yeah. they both. Fountain, both. Fountain's going to make the team. Oh, Fountain's making the team. I was convinced Darius Fountain was making the team the second that Dave Tobe said he was one of his two core special teamers. He's yeah. making the team. Uh, I, I think the receivers are pretty well set, man. I mean, I think you got your top four guys, and I think it's going to be Watson, and it's going to be it's going to be Fountain. Gordon's done nothing to make this team. Cornell Powell's done nothing to make this team. Corey Coleman, listen, I, I, I fair enough on the returns he's done well. They have a million guys who can return kicks. I, I mean, they don't they don't need him. They've got Hardman. They've got more. They've got Pacheco. Like they, he's not. What is he? Their fourth returner. He's not making the team because of that. So I think it's going to be those six. I think it's going to probably be Mahomes and Henny at quarterback. But I'll tell you what, like that is the one thing that's going to be really interesting. Like, I don't know what you're going to do with Bouchelle. Like, is he really, is he going to get past all 31 other teams? You're going to tell me some team out there, there's nobody. I mean, look, I've been watching Hard Knocks. Have you watched Hard Knocks? I've not, no. Okay, the Lions backup quarterbacks are you and me. It is ridiculous <laughs> how, how bad they yeah. are. Like, yeah. I'm not kidding. Shane Bouchelle looks like Aaron Rodgers compared to those two guys back in it, back up Jared Goff. Like, you're the Lions. You're not taking that kid? I'm going to take a chance on him? So I just wonder, um, I, and I know part of that is too, like, look, he would have to learn the offense. I get that. It's a position where it's not as simple as this guy's better than that guy because then he's got to go in there and learn everything and learn all the, the audibles and everything. I, I get it. But, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you do have to wonder, like, would we get him to the practice squad? If not, do you carry three quarterbacks? Would you do that? I don't think they would. They haven't done that in the past. So I tend to think no, but they like Boucher. I mean, they clearly like him. When a team claimed him last year, they put him on the active roster. So they have interest in him. I'm curious to see what happens with, with uh, Bouchelle here as we get to August 30th, which is cut down to. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about Bouchelle. Um, first, I got to give a shout out to our guy, uh, Corey Barnard, uh, listening to, for two years. You guys are great. Best chiefs pod duo there's a lot of great chiefs pod duos out there so that is uh, high praise appreciate yes. you Corey. that's very generous of you appreciate you supporting the podcast helps keep us on the air and, and um i also want to say that we have some big surprises coming for you guys you are going to get more arrowhead addict podcast content this season than you've ever gotten before our youtube channel it's already started vertorium is going to be creating a lot more content there's going to be uh it sounds like i don't want to let all the cats out of the bag so we'll save some details but at least one maybe two more shows a week uh coming this season we're really really excited so keep an eye out in the coming uh, the next couple of weeks for uh some some new content i think maybe you'll be seeing a little bit more of sterling homes we're excited about that as well so thank you all for your support uh, it, it makes it possible for us to keep ramping things up here as we have you know, two years ago, it was just an audio podcast. Last year, we debuted on YouTube. We're really pushing the envelope this year, so we're excited. Um, thank you. And uh, if you want to support us even more, you can become a member. So check out the link in the description, and we'll see you in the private Discord. Listen, Matt, the Bouchelle thing. So, like, Chad Henney, does, does he get scooped up if the Chiefs just let him go and they want Bouchelle to be their backup quarterback? And I know Bouchelle's not been perfect, but, like, it's kind of hard to – it's like the hardest thing to, to evaluate 
a quarterback backup quarterbacks in the preseason of by preseason games. Yes. I mean, it's just like, it's a complete shit show out there, right? They're the running guys that aren't going to make the team. There's no game plan. They're swapping guys in and out. There's no chance to get into a rhythm. They're not getting a lot of practice reps, but the chiefs know more, a lot more about him than we do. Does it right. make sense at this point? Chad Henney's long in the tooth. He might still be available anyway, if they find themselves in an emergency situation that they've been developing Bouchelle. Time to time to turn the page. Make him your backup quarterback. Oh man, I I said a couple of weeks ago I would, I would. Now I don't know that they will. Like Andy is one of those guys, and look, it serves him well, right? But he's very. These are my guys, and this is who I'm rolling with. And Spags is that way, and Tobe is that way. Like they they have a lot of faith in Chad Henney. I mean, you want to know how much faith they have? Go look at that playoff game against Cleveland a couple of years ago. The whole season's on the line, and they're like, you know what, Henny, how about a bootleg right? We're going to just wail it to him. I mean, yeah, they, they believe in him. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Like, I I do feel like to some degree here, like Henny's, what, 36, 37 years old now? I mean, I like if you like Bouchelle, play him. And I know you're right. It's hard to evaluate it because on one hand, you're like, well, he looks, you know, he looks okay. He looks promising. You're like, yeah, but he, look, look what he's playing with. Like, they're right. terrible around this. He can't block. Like, they've not. What would he look like with an actual offense? Like, I, I'm not naive. He's not going to look like Mahomes, but would he look like Tyrod Taylor? Would would he look like, I don't know, you know, uh, Daniel Jones? Would he, would he look Daniel like Jones, Baker? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know what he would look like, but. I look, my my feeling on it is this: If Mahomes, God forbid, ever goes down, they're screwed anyway. So I'd rather have the guy that has like upside, and you're like, who knows? Maybe he comes in there and he's terrible, and okay, well then he's terrible. Or he goes in there and it's like, oh my god, like they're actually going to win some games with this kid. You know, I mean, it's kind of funny. They've been hitting all these years. The one year they needed a backup quarterback the most, they won a Super Bowl. He he actually had a broken leg. He was out. Yep. He needed to go get Matt Moore, being like a PE teacher, and. <laughs> right. uh it worked out. Matt Moore earned his ring that year. But I like Bruchelle. I do. I, I like his upside. I really do truly believe they should give him a shot as a backup. And he's got some athleticism. I mean, he can scoot a little yes. bit and make some things happen when plays break down. Much like um, who? Uh, Chase Daniel, right? Like Chase yes. Daniel could run a little yep. bit and made him sort of a little bit more of a useful backup because teams, you know, they, they muck up the works. He'd pull it down. He'd run and convert a first down and maybe get you into field goal range. So uh, let us know in the chat. Like, what, what do you guys think? Are you team Henny? Anything is possible? Or are you team uh, Bobby Bouchelle out there? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get some more of the back and forth going with the chat. We'll, we'll try to check back in on that. There's a little bit of a delay, you know. That's how this thing works uh, with the internet. So as we start to look ahead towards cuts, I think we, we pretty much know what we are going to expect. Are there any surprises that you foresee? Is there anything that you're like, I don't know, man, if there's just one out of left field cut coming that, that nobody would expect, who do you think it might be? Man, I don't, I don't think there's really going to be one. I, just be not to be boring, but I, I just want to sure. try to be honest and like, like, like accurate. I don't, I feel like you really know what you've got with this team. I don't think there's going to be. In fact, I think if it's any, it might be Henny. Like Henny might be the one that I'd be like, well, yeah. if there's anybody, maybe it's him. The only other one, maybe, and I don't even know that it's a player as much as it's out of the position, is D tackle. They're so deep there. Not that even they'd, it'd be a cup, but maybe a trade. Like maybe whether it'd be like a, a guy like Saunders or something where they say, hey, look, you know what? He's flashed like crazy, but we don't know if we can really get him time. You know, so we're, we're going to move him. I wouldn't bet on that, but that is the one position they are so deep at that you're like, okay, 
you know, maybe they maybe they decide to, to go that route. But I think otherwise, I feel like I pretty much know the roster. You know, I, I feel like, look, if I had the list of 53-man roster, I, I feel confident I'd at least name like 51 of the guys. I feel like most G fans could do the same thing. Absolutely. All right. Listen, let's go back to the chat and, and why, why we do, do some of these team Hennies, uh, team Bruchelles, let us know what your questions are. Um, we've been talking, you guys have been listening to us all off season long. Talk about we're what sorry. we think. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very sorry, but you've been listening to us talk and you've been listening to us break down these preseason games and talk about the roster cuts. I, it, you know, I think it's time to give back a little bit. What questions do you have? What do you want to hear our opinions on? Let's get that going in the YouTube chat. Of course, hit that thumbs up button. Our guy Mike in Sweden says hit the thumbs, smash the, the thumbs up button. We love it. Um, and there was somebody I lost the I lost the comment that some somebody out there was watching from Germany at five in the morning. You're Jeez. awesome. I'm sorry. You're more dedicated than I am to this podcast. Yeah, I can't find your chat anymore, but that's incredible. Let's see what you guys said in the chat. Our guy Reach uh, Stacy was saying. Um, He's uh, he's Team Henny. Give me a veteran who's helped the team win crucial games. I mean, look, that's that's fair point. That matters in a big spot. Again, that's one of the reasons why Andy likes him. We know. Um, Alan uh, Alan Hanley says uh, Henny needs to exit left. Time to go. Interesting. Very interesting. Tone B says Team Henny. Um, so I love that. Let's see. Andrew Maldonado says MVS is the best player on your team. Oh, interesting. Okay, on your team. So maybe not a Chiefs fan, Andrew. Um, Somebody says, uh, oh, WS231 says, I'm team Dustin Crumb. Uh, I like that one. Here's a question. Sure Jeremy Cochran. Team of one. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, no, team of two. I mean, Dustin Crumb. Dustin I don't Crum even is, think he's on that team. He's, he's, he's not, not his mom. No. Um, <laughs> so Jeremy Cochran says, uh, Kennard cut? What do you think for a Ram? Kennard going to get the No, I don't, I don't think he gets cut. It's not a bad call. Like, it's a surprise, but I don't think so. By the way, it should be noted, uh, Andy reads at the podium right now, uh, Bushman uh, broke his clavicle. Oh, so, damn. So he, he, uh, he will be uh, not, not coming on the 53-man roster. MVS did not play tonight. He is in the concussion protocol, and Trent McDuffie is still being evaluated for a potential concussion. Those are the injuries as we know them. But, yeah, Bushman, tough break for a guy who had a very, very big night. Hate to see that. But he will be out, obviously, for a while. Other than that, it seems as though they, they escaped without anything. Of course, other than potentially McDuffie, not known yet whether or not he has a concussion. Let's hope not. And and best best recovery to Bushman and to MVS dealing with the concussion. But you just feel for you just feel for a guy. He comes out, he scores a couple of touchdowns, yeah. you know, probably having the, the time of his life out there and um shitty thing like that happens. It's rough. We wish him a speedy recovery. We hope to see him back next preseason with either yep. the Chiefs or, or somebody else. Um, all right, let's dig in here to some of these comments from you guys. Let's see what we got here. Uh, oh, David Esk says, keep Penny. The younger guys need a veteran to lead them if Mahomes goes down. God forbid. Yeah, I, I that's a fair point. Um, Stacy says, question, am I the only one that thinks RB4 is infinitely more important than tight end four, given the injury-prone players and a rookie in the running back room? What do you think, Verdera? It's, it's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, CEH has had injuries. McKinnon's obviously had injuries, and Pacheco is that rookie that Stacy's talking about. Yeah, man, it's not Alex, It's not a bad argument. I also don't know at this point now with, with the clavicle injury to Bushman, like, who the hell's your fourth tight end? Who is it? Yeah. 
Like I, that's why at this point, I, mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would keep Ronald Jones because like I'm not the biggest Ronald Jones fan in the world. I just don't like when backs of fumbles just drive me insane. I'll, I'll be honest. It's nothing personal. Obviously it's just I, fumbling the ball drives me out of my mind, but who's more talented, Ronald Jones or their fourth tight end. I mean, it's not even close. It's Ronald Jones, yeah. right? Like, I think you're probably looking to keep at this point Jones unless they go out and add a tight end. Now it should be noted Kendall Blanton got cut by the Rams uh, last week, part of their cutdown, which was actually surprising. He's like a pretty athletic tight end, can block some. He went to the Titans, if memory serves, but the Chiefs put in a waiver claim on him. They tried to get him, so maybe the Chiefs say, you know what, we're going to add a guy. I mean, don't forget to we always and I always forget this. Guys get added after cutdown day, right? Because right? everybody's cutting down, everybody's cutting thirty players or so. So you know, Brett Veach is probably going to sign one or two guys. I mean, that's just reality. You know, and you never know. One thing about the NFL, there will be a half dozen guys across the league that get cut that you're just like, what? Like, how did that guy get cut? Happens every year. So as things stand, yeah, Stacey, you make good points, dude. Like I could definitely I, I right now I think they will. I think they will keep four running backs because I don't know what the hell they would do at tight end. Who the hell are they gonna keep? So I, I'm with you. Yeah, a lot of people are saying in the in the chat, Jordan Franks, T tight end four. Um yeah, I don't know, man. I, maybe maybe they'll just do go the Madden, the Madden route and, and Michael Burton is your is your fourth tight end is your emergency. That's tight end. Kind of what you would seriously would do. Like, yeah, I mean, you can use Burton as a blocking back who's essentially blocks a tight end. Like, I, I think it's probably what you would do. Uh, David Esk says, uh, "I bet we can get Tony Gonzalez back as a tight end on the cheap. He still wants that ring. Get Tony G back on the field." Um, uh, let's go with uh, another question here. Uh, Jeremy Cochran says. What is the longest field goal we'll see Butker attempt this year? They are talking up 70-plus yarders on the broadcast. Yeah, I don't think he's going to attempt a 70-plus yarder. Um, but no. what is the longest he attempts, and what is the most ridiculous kick that he misses inexplicably? Uh, an extra point that he yeah. absolutely will just blow eight yards wide of the upright. As much as I think of Harrison Bucker, I think he's probably the best kicker in football, not named Justin Tucker. He's always good for a couple extra points a year. You're like, what happened? You know what? It's it's interesting with him. He's kicking 74-yard field goals in warm-ups. Now, keep in mind, there's no line in front of him. He doesn't have to get it over a line with that. Okay, so it's different. Still, still pretty damn impressive, but it's different. Tobe has said recently that 60 would be what he feels confident with as a limit in a game. What is the longest when he attempts, though, this year? It's hard because you're not normally going to attempt a 60-yard field goal, right? Like, you probably punt because if you miss that, the other team gets the ball to 50. But I'll say, like, 58. You know, he's attempted that before you hit him. The game was a Chargers a couple of years ago. He hit, like, three of them in a row. I'll say that, you know, end of the half or something. But I, I do think there's going to be a time in his career he's going to attempt, like, a 65-yard field goal. I don't know if he's going to hit it. But I absolutely think yeah. at some point in his career he will attempt some ridiculous field goal and have a pretty good chance of hitting it. Some with, with those types of things, usually the fates have to line up, right? It's yeah, got to be the end of a half – or maybe it's the end of a game and you're you're down by three and there's no time left and the conditions are just right and the kickers and and, and the and the special teams coach are flipping out on the sideline and the head coach is here. Let him try it. Let him try it. He can do it. It's going to be hard to see that happening. We had a good question here. Who y'all taking uh, from from DES? Who y'all taking? Stallworth, Shelton, or Saunders? I'll kick us off on this. I, I for me, it's got to be Colin Saunders. Uh, this is a guy you, you, you invest the premium pick in. He's Incredibly athletic. He's flashed a bunch this preseason. You're, preseason, you're starting to see what the Chiefs saw in him. 
I think you got to give him another season. He's had injuries. Let him let him take the field and see what happens. You know, I I also think they're going to keep probably at least two of those guys. You know, I I do. Look, they're going to keep Jones and Naughty. They're going to keep Wharton. I think Saunders is going to stay unless, like I said earlier, some team comes calling and offers you a, a trade. You just feel like, yeah, we have to do that. And then I think it's one of the other guys. I think you know, Stallworth and Shelton were both playing in the fourth quarter. They signed Stallworth to a one-year deal. Shelton came in and camp. My guess is they cut Danny Shelton. That's my guess. But they're deep at that position. They really are. But I'll tell you what, like not to get off topic here. Um, we can go through some questions. But I know he only played really, really early in the game. Karloftis is just like – the, the guy, there was one play where the Packers ran like a stretch play to the left hand side, and he and Willie Gates destroyed the play. Like, absolutely yeah. just blew the play up. I don't think either one of them even tackled the back. I'd have to go back and watch. I think somebody else cleaned it up. And then, and then on the next series, Darius Harris looked like Lawrence Taylor for three straight plays. That was, yes. that was nice. That was um, cool. But yeah, in any event, I, I think Shelton is probably the odd man out. I think they'll keep the other guys. Yeah, we're getting a lot of votes for Saunders in the chat. Alan yeah. Hanley says, I would take Shelton. Uh, Chiefs need a backup one technique to Naughty. Yeah, I mean, fair fair point. Um, goal line sets, those types of things. It's just hard. They have, as you've been saying, Matt, they have so much depth there. He came in late. He barely got in there. And he's one di- like he's so one-dimensional. Like he's not yeah. gonna push the pocket. He's not a pass rusher. And like I get it. It's not a bad point by Alan. Like, I totally understand it. But that's why you pay Derek Naughty. And also, like Colin Saunders isn't exactly a, you know the size of a kicker in there. Like you should be able to stuff the run a little bit. So I don't know. I wonder. You know, one thing they did at the goal line that was interesting. They put in four defensive tackles at one point together. I wonder if they would do some of that in a game, like a regular season game, with all the talent they've got at D tackle. I mean, you just they have a lot of guys. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes. Another one from uh, Jeremy Cochran. Another quick question. How long do you think the leash is on CEH this year? His ball security continues to worry me. And EB's comments about him didn't exactly uh, induce confidence. Yeah, man, I don't – not super long. I mean, they're, they're, they've got guys. So, you know, I could see it very much being a hot hand situation. He may be the starter, but if he goes out there and he does something they don't like – I don't think they're going to be they're going to be too anxious to get him back out. They're going to put Pacheco out there. They're going to put Jarek McKinnon out there and see what they can do that game. I'm to the point with them. Like I don't I don't give a rat's ass who's a first round pick. I don't care. They play the best guy. And I got to tell you something. And I, I get it. It was a little sample size, and and you got to be careful with that stuff because in the preseason that can happen. Darwin Thompson a couple of years ago looked like he was going to be Walter Payton. Okay, <laughs> right. like yep, things yep, change. Yep. Pacheco has a burst though that C H just does not have. It just doesn't. Now, now th- that's not to say he's going to end up being a better running back. It may not be. But you can see why they like him. You can see also Pacheco and Camp catches every ball thrown at him. I think it's just going to be rotational. I do. I think McKinnon's going to be a third down back. I think those other guys are going to rotate in. If they keep Jones, he'll probably get some goal line carries. He's the bigger back. You know, I just think it's going to be – I think their offense – and I've said this. I said it on the last podcast. I'm going to say it again. In, in past years, their offense has played out like a movie. Okay, where they've got two or three big headliners that you throw on the marquee and everybody else just kind of fades in the background and blends in. This this team is more like an ensemble cast. They there's a lot of guys. I mean, that is what is different about them, but it's also really exciting about them because you're just gonna have games, I think, at running back and receiver for that rec for that matter, where you know, some guys just rolling that day and they're just riding them for all these. And then, you know what? Maybe another day that guy's doing nothing, but another guy steps up. I mean, the one thing with the Chiefs with this group, they can basically play you any way you want to play. You want to play a big, 
tall receivers and a big bruising back, fine. You want to play the speed game? Fine. You want to play where we're going to have pass catching backs, we're going to get out and say, fine. I mean, that that is the one thing about them. I don't know other than Kelsey and their pass catchers or their backs to have anybody who you'd like, that guy's a star player, certainly not a superstar. But they've got a lot of guys that can match up with you and do a lot of different things. And that that in some ways is harder because as great as Tyreek Hill is and was, and certainly I, mean, I think most Chiefs fans tell you he'd be great to have in the team. Like if you double him, if you there are, like there's there are ways to stop him. There are ways to mitigate that. And we saw that the first half of last year where they really struggled. If this team stays healthy, I don't know how you stop everybody all the time, especially with that offensive line. I just don't know what you do. And at some point, somebody's beating you. Um, we're going to see it in two and a half weeks in Arizona. Chris Albright says, is Dion Bush, Mr. Hitstick, making this team? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, he's I mean, making this team. Because you got four safeties. He and Cook are going to yeah. be the backups. Yeah, he, he's a lock. And, and he's, I, I'm telling like, I think he's a huge upgrade over their their safety depth for, from before, from last year. Well, he doesn't run like he has two broken legs. So, yeah. Yes, right, right. He's, he's um, he, he flashes out there. You can see why the Chiefs liked him again. And you, you just said it, Vertoram, a more of an ensemble cast, more guys that can do things for you. And you just see it. It's just, oh, then it's this guy. Then it's this guy. A lot of these guys, athletes, big hitters, playmakers, the Chiefs have them all over the place. And I mean, you even saw it on Willie Gay. Like, Willie Gay had a missed tackle tonight, but he flew like right over on the sideline to screen pass or something. And he flew over there, though. And he's not going to miss that tackle every time. But his ability to get over to the sideline so quickly. The Chiefs haven't had that consistently no. for since really Derek Johnson left. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned him because I, I teased at the beginning of the show that I wanted to say something about the details that I was watching and kind of noticed and wanted to take stock of real quick. Willie Gay, and not just tonight, this is every game, is the most enthusiastic teammate you will ever find in a preseason game. The man is just a one-man hype machine on the sidelines. He's going and going and going. But I noticed something watching that game, and I've noticed this throughout the preseason. Now, you watch a lot of preseason games. Unfortunately, I do. Okay, there are plenty of times guys are sitting down at the bench laughing, talking, whatever. And I get it, right? Like, you know, you're a starter. You don't you don't care. The Chiefs, they are all standing there. They're all engaged. They're all watching. They're all rooting for their teammates. Like that, like even Trent Green made the point when Crum was in a quarterback. The other three quarterbacks all had their headsets on. Yep. Like they're all involved in the game. Willie Gay's involved. Travis Kelsey's constantly involved. Chris Jones is involved. Mahal, like when your best players are that invested in the guy's success, who let's face it, most of them are not even making the roster. That is a culture that that stuff matters. Like I know there are people who are like, oh, that's that's corny. It's like no, that stuff that stuff matters. Like when you you have guys who are that invested who care that much. It carries over, like it really does. Like when you, because you play for the guy next to you. There's no selfishness. That is one yep. thing with this team that I do think really does matter. And listen, I, I think the the reason with this team I am most optimistic, other than they have Patrick Mahomes, they're not as star laden as they've been in years past. They're not. There's no argument for that. This is, I think, I think the deepest team they've had. They are just so good all over the field. Their second team's good in a lot of spots. I mean, not everywhere. You know, their offensive line's not a great second team. But, like, they have second team guys, a lot of them, that would start on decent teams in the NFL. And that's why, you know, and I know we're going to preview the season as we get to it, but that's why I think they're winning this division. It's not because 
of their best 10 guys on the team. Because I'll tell you right now, I think the Chargers, if you lined up everybody's best 10 guys in the AFC West, I think the Chargers' best 10 are better than Kansas City's top 10. I don't think it's a, by a, mar- a huge margin, but I think, I think they have a better top 10. But when you look at the rest of the roster, Kansas City is a much deeper football team. And the one thing we all never talk about in August is injuries, but we talk about them a lot in September and October, November and December. And it matters how deep you are. It matters what the drop-off is. And Kansas City just has so much depth with this team that I I really believe that's going to be the difference. I I don't think the other teams in the division have anywhere near the depth. And that, by the way, is a product of drafting really well for years, finding good signings, finding good UDFAs, okay? Uh, that's, That's how, you know, you build the team year after year after year, where when you get to this point, you're like, man, they're going to be cutting guys that are not only going to get scooped up elsewhere, but like in some cases, guys that will play elsewhere, like guys that will be rotational players elsewhere. I, I think it's I think it's a really really positive sign for Chiefs, uh, both their culture and how deep they are on this on this roster. It's very exciting, definitely. The, as, as Stacy was putting it in the chat, one of the most talented and athletic teams they've had. Des asked, "What's the ceiling for this defense?" I think they can be a top ten defense. I really do if it comes together well. What do you think, Bernard? It's a good question. All right, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think I think they can be top half of the league for sure. I I I think they can be a top. I'll say top third of the league. So I'll, I think top twelve. I think that's the, the, my my hesitation is just they have a lot of new young guys, a lot of young guys, and so I just wonder early is that a big detriment to them against guys like Herbert and Brady and Allen, where it's just you're, they haven't they haven't seen players of that magnitude. On the flip side. I think it could be the best thing that happens to this team by the second half of the year, where I think it could be similar to that Super Bowl season where early in the year, they're not good defensively. A lot of new moving parts. Then the year is going on, and it just by the second half of the year, especially the last third of that year, you're like, man, they're not giving up points. They are just killing people. The one thing I think could change that for me and make them maybe a top 10 defense, if Karloftis is as good as he looks like he's becoming, and you have Gay and Bolton in there, and you have Jones, like that that could be a game changer where they're yeah. just so good in the front seven that these secondary guys, young as they may be, bro, you got to cover for two seconds because it's just it's just coming. You know, you got to cover for two and a half seconds. Like they're really athletic and they're physical and they're fun. They're fun to watch. I I I do wonder, based off the schedule, they play so many great quarterbacks this year. Like, does that just drag their ranking down a little bit? Or does it come playoff time really help them? Because they're just used to it. They've seen these guys all year long, and they haven't faced a powder puff of a schedule. They just need to be good enough early on, just good enough. You got Mahomes and Kelsey and those boys on the other side, and then by the end of the year, if they're playing their best football. And I agree, if Carl Loftus is as good as he looks, if Chris Jones is Chris Jones, and if we get the best version of Frank Clark on that defensive line. That would be huge. Oh, oh, and by the way, they're going to rotate in Carlos Dunlap? Okay. All right. I could see that being top 10, top 12 by the end of the season if the rookies come along. So it's very exciting. Um, Listen, everybody, we're going to have to get going here. It's getting late, and we want to leave you wanting more. So here's the schedule. Tuesday, big day, cut down day. Just also happens to be the day that we do the Arrowhead Attic podcast, one of the days. So Sterling and uh, Matt Connor will be there. I'm sure Verderum might be around as well for cuts. I will not be. 
I will be out next week. I'm taking my vacation, my my before the season vacation. Selfish. So, um, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that I. Uh, by the way, Virgo, we got to find a co-host for Thursday. Whatever <laughs> you're, you're looking, at, it's, it's, I'll bring my dad on. We'll party. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then the show should improve um, with the two of you. Uh, yeah, I uh, I'm hoping that I don't get cut while I'm. I don't want to get back to my house and and you know find that red tag in my locker or whatever it is that they do. Right. The Turk, the Turk comes for me. If you need to send the Turk, send him send him to Ohio. I'll be in Ohio. I won't tell you where though. Listen, guys. Again, announcements to come. I'm talking uh, a new newsletter for members. I'm talking fresh content on Arrowhead Act, the website, uh, a really special uh, old school person that we may be bringing back. Another show, another show to add on to the other show to talk some sports betting. Just a lot of exciting stuff coming your way this season on the Arrowhead Ag podcast, which means if you're watching this for the first time, or even if you're not, but you haven't hit the thumbs up button in the, in the chat there, hit the thumbs up button. And if you're not subscribed to this channel, what are you waiting for? Get these Chiefs con- this Chiefs content all season long. It's a blast. We have a hell of a lot of fun, particularly on the post-game shows. This one, fine. But when it, there's actual games happening and the stakes are high, it's it's intense. That's all I can say. I mean, if you, you know. And this, year, this year, we're, uh, we're going to be doing, I'm going to be jumping on every halftime. Every, yeah. every halftime, Chiefs games, I will be on. I don't know. Assuming you'll be on for a lot of them. We'll have people on. I, I'll be here for every single halftime, breaking down the game and and either being happy or yelling at them or, or some combination, probably a combination. Oh, um, so it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be a lot of fun. It's crazy to think like we are now two and a half weeks away from the Chiefs down to Glendale, hopefully for the first of two times this season, playing the Cardinals, trying to get off on the right foot. It's going to be a long two weeks. Um, we'll, have, we'll have roster cuts to, to keep us uh, engaged. And then after that, it'll be, you know, draft your fantasy football leagues and let's get going. Which, by the way, if you had been a member of the Arrowhead Addict podcast, you would have had an opportunity to join one of our two fantasy football leagues that I'm in, Verter Amazon, Sterling, Matt Connor, Arrowhead Addict founders, Adam and Zach Best. Really looking forward to those drafts, which will be kicking off late next week before the season starts all right everybody we gotta get out of here thank you so much for your support hit that thumbs up button on your way out those guys will be back on tuesday and thursday i will see you in a week and a half and until then go chiefs Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.